seriously, after some bad experiences, I really thought online courses were just a dying content medium. (sighs) But I was wrong. Yes, yes, I can admit when I'm wrong. Much like the business coaching industry, there are some unsavory practices going on with online courses, let me tell you. But if you are savvy, you can actually still find great courses by great professionals. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hello, hello. This is Ruthie Bowles, your host on the Defiant Business Podcast and founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. I am the radically authentic brand strategist, and it is my pleasure to have you here on the podcast today. So it feels like the revelations and just waves of knowledge just keep punching me in the face. <laughs> I keep having these awesome aha me, you know, moments and it's just so I don't know. I think a few months ago I said something like, "Oh, I just wish I could just hurry up and get this development done and over with because I'd really love to get into growing my business." <laughs> Little did I know that it's all part and parcel of the same thing. It's all one and the same. As I grow, my business grows. So that's wonderful. Hopefully, you're here to grow with me. And today, what I wanted to talk about is online courses. I like legit thought that they were dead. I was like, this is dumb. This is horrible. Online courses are dead. I'm never going to buy another one. Never going to buy another one. Now, first, though, what I want to clear up is what I'm actually talking about when I say online course. What do I mean? I'm not talking about college courses. For those of you that don't know, I actually am enrolled in college. I am actually working on my degree in psychology. So I'm not talking about those. Universities and colleges, those are like accredited institutions, very longstanding reputations and things like that. So I'm not talking on like online courses that you take through a college, not talking about those. Online courses, they can be accredited and can be used for CEUs if the organization or person who has created the online course has gone through that process. But most of the time, the online courses that we're talking about are the online courses that basically anyone can sell. Yes. Yes. Even you, you could decide, you know what? I'm going to put up an online course. You could record some videos, create like maybe some assets if you want to, but many online courses are pure video and then just get on Teachable or Udemy or something like that and upload your videos, create a landing page, connect your payment option if you want to take payment for the course and it's not a free course. And there you go. Now you've set up shop and you are now the proud owner of an online course. However, if you do this, it's it's probably pretty shoddy. I'm going to be honest. It takes a lot to create a solid online course. And by a lot, I don't necessarily mean that you have all the bells and whistles. I just mean that it takes depth 
in terms of not just knowing what you know in terms of your expertise, but also understanding your audience, the people that you're trying to sell this course to. And so we are going to get a bit more into that here in a minute. The other thing about online courses, especially, again, the ones that anyone can sell. If you have a web page or you're selling on Teachable or something like that, you can sell a online course. But they're often touted as passive income. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you, they're not passive. They're not passive. Once you create it, like people think, oh, I've created it. I'm done. And that's like writing a book. They're like, oh, I wrote the book and I'm done. Nah, homie, you got to go and market it. You have to market it. You got to sell it. You got to pitch it. You got to be out there. All like your new job is marketing this course. If that's like your main type of work, if a course is something you're adding onto your business, it's still not passive. The beauty of it is for someone who's in the service industry or you're a coach, right? So you're a coach, service, a service provider, consultant, is that they buy it and largely they go through it on their own. And we'll talk more about that here in a minute. But they largely go through it on their own. And so that's why people say it's passive income. Like you don't got to market it. That's foolish. So it's not actually passive, but there are some perks. There are some perks if you create a solid course that people actually enjoy and they talk about and they're willing to review and 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 they rave about it, then you know, you've got something that's allowing you to create it once and sell it multiple times. Like it's a digital, it's an online product or a knowledge product, info product. It's got a lot of different names. So I want to tell you a little bit about my experience with online courses and kind of why I ended up believing that they were dead. But then now, of course, I'm like, okay, they're not actually dead. So I've had good and bad experiences with courses, but I started out with bad experiences. I started out with bad experiences, partially because of everybody saying that anyone could have an online course. And so I fell into the trap of buying online courses that were marketed very well, i.e. if I felt like they could really solve my problem. But then I got in there and the meat and potatoes of the course was more like a single piece of meat and a single potato, which, you know, I was expecting something a lot more, you know, geez, that sounds like another experience that I talk about often <coughs> online coaching. <laughs> sorry, sorry, there's something in my throat. So I've had good and bad experiences. My bad experiences started with a course. Now, don't laugh. No, you're going to sit over there. I know it. You're going to be listening to this wherever you are. And whether you're able to chuckle out loud or chuckle inside, you're going to be chuckling when I say this, but Okay, so I won't even tell you not to laugh. I take that back. Uh, I bought a course to help me create and sell a course. <laughs> I know I did it. It's so we talk about coachception, coaches who coach coaches who are coaching coaches. This was a course to help me create a course so I could sell a course to other people. Um, yeah, so that was probably my first mistake, but it was marketed amazingly. It was marketed so well. And they, they had all the bells and whistles. They were like, oh, and this bonus here and this bonus here and this bonus here. I bought it, you know, some years ago and, you know, I was vulnerable to that because I was, I was relatively new in the space and they're like, yeah, look at this, this bonus and this bonus and, and this course is $9.97, but with all these bonuses and all of these other things that we've added, it's actually worth, you know, like $10,000. Yeah, completely arbitrary numbers, mind you. So it, it wasn't worth $10,000. It wasn't worth the $9.97 that I paid for it, if I'm being honest. It was super basic. It was super basic. And probably the most beneficial part of the whole thing was the Facebook support group, right? 
And the course was largely a ton of videos to watch. They did have the audio versions of those, but the content itself was super basic. Like a lot of it, I had already YouTubed at that point, right? But it was videos and a Facebook support group. Oh yeah, that sounds like something else. Um, Sounds like the thing I was talking about that I had stuck in my throat before (laughs) online coaching. Okay, so it had tons of videos to watch and they were super basic. The content was just, I was just like, this is not what I wanted. And And I realized that I actually, even though I thought I was a beginner, I was not the target audience for this product. But it took me a while to figure it out. I'm not going to say I got nothing from it. Not going to say that. But I did not get what I expected. I did not get what I expected. And I did not launch my flagship course that was going to skyrocket me to the moon, right, in terms of income and allow me to retire my husband early or any of that other stuff. Now, of course, they're really good about the marketing. They don't say that that's what's going to happen, but the energy that they put out is like, yeah, this is totally going to happen. You're about to be rich. And that's not what happened. So next thing I want to talk about is course price inflation. So I have purchased courses that cost anywhere from $47 to, as I said earlier, $9.97. So about $1,000. And to be honest, the cheaper courses were better. And I think it's because... The people who created them largely focused on the content and weren't also trying to make like 50 million bonuses so they could inflate the prices of their course. So as an example, let me tell you about the good experience that I had recently that actually got me rethinking my stance on online courses. I recently purchased a course on NLP. And the cost of the course was $197. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I come from a well-reputed person. They offer a certificate if you want to take the exam at the end of the course. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I've been listening and, you know, doing the different modules. And I've been actually really happy with this. And it's like, even if I don't get the certificate, I've been really happy with the content. I've been really happy with, you know, how I've been able to use it. And that was what got me thinking, like, maybe online courses aren't dead. And so it got me thinking, why was I okay with this course and not the other one? And I kind of already alluded to it a little bit. It was that, you know, I, I wasn't the target audience for that first course that I described to you. But they focused, this course that I bought recently, they focused on the content. They focused on the, you know, user experience, the, the client experience, customer experience, and they focused on the content. There is no Facebook support group for this course. There is no weekly call for this course. They're like, do you, boo-boo? And so I am at your own pace, right? So I think that's why. It's like because they didn't focus on throwing like 50 million bonuses at me. I got a couple bonuses, but they didn't focus on throwing 50 million bonuses at me. They're like, oh, Facebook support group and weekly check-in call and you got accountability partner. Like they didn't focus on any of that other stuff kept their overhead and effort low and were able to charge me lower a lower cost for the course. I've had a really good, you know, I've really enjoyed it. So I think that's one big thing for the online course, you know, industry or segment or community or whatever you want to call it, is that we're seeing a lot of course inflation. Some of these courses are so big, it's like going to college. Like, I'm never going to finish all of these. So why am I going to pay for something I'm not going to finish? And I don't want to hear about, oh, Ruthie, that just sounds like you don't have what it takes. No, it sounds like I have a life. It sounds like I have a life. Stay focused. Stop selling me one giant course with 50 modules in it and just break it up into a few different courses so we can focus, so I can finish it. (laughs) But don't, you know, clump it up into a giant flagship course, quote unquote, you know, because it's giant. It's like the size of a cruise liner. 
and and then charge me, oh, it's gonna be a thousand dollars, it's gonna be fifteen hundred dollars. It's not accredited, it doesn't offer me any CEUs, so it doesn't have any value beyond what's potentially in the course, which I can't see until I buy it, right? And I'm like, oh, but you can get a refund. Sometimes, sometimes these people are not easy with the refunds. And the whole point is I don't want to buy it unless I'm sure, right? And so I'm savvy now. I'm savvy now, so your marketing is not necessarily gonna trick me. You know, I'm gonna make the decision, I'm gonna move forward. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was where I feel like courses fit in in the buyer's journey. And so I feel like, you know, so again, just real quick recap before I tell you what I feel like. Quick recap, buyer's journey. You've got awareness and that's the person going going from unaware to the problem that they have or or solution that they want or whatever. Unaware of the transformation they're seeking to becoming aware of it. So they are now aware that they have a transformation that they are seeking, right? Probably to solve some type of problem or whatever. And then there's consideration. Now I must consider the different solutions to my problem, how I have to examine this problem. I have to look at the transformation that I might be seeking. I'm considering different options. And then there's a decision phase where I am now choosing my solution. I'm going to decide. It's either you, it might be you, it might be someone else, might be another person, might be another organization, whatever. But I am deciding on what I want my solution to be at this point. And then there's the delight phase. And that's after they buy from you. Yeah, yeah. Most buyer's journey things, they don't include delight. Delight is seriously a phase. That's the fourth phase of the buyer's journey. That means keep your people happy, right? Keep your people happy after they buy from you and they will buy again. What? Yes. Yes, they will buy from you again if you keep them happy and you're able to continue helping them solve problems. That's a delight phase. So in terms of where courses, online courses fit in the buyer's journey, I think for the most part, they fit in at the beginning of the buyer's journey, like the awareness stage. Uh, and what I mean by that is kind of at the beginning of the knowledge or skill set development. So if you consider knowledge acquisition as an inverted pyramid, that means an upside down pyramid, right? The lower levels of proficiency at any type of task, knowledge, whatever, require less, right? Like I am recording this using Adobe Audition and it is pretty basic, you know, in terms of setting it up, hit and record. That's like the lowest levels of proficiency. But I'm going to send this to Krissa, who's my awesome, awesome podcast wizard. And she is going to do, I was going to call it voodoo magic, but it's not. She has, she has such a high proficiency of skill. She has like gotten a lot closer to the top of the inverted pyramid of podcast editing than I ever planned to, right? And what that means though, is in order to go to the next level of proficiency, it actually requires all of the knowledge that you already acquired plus more. It's like exponentially more knowledge in order to progress through the different levels of proficiency. And so where I learned about the inverted pyramid of proficiency was when I was a translator for the army. I was a Persian Farsi translator and we got scores for, you know, we take a language test and we got scores every year based on how well we knew our language. So most of the time the test we took was from a one to a three, but you've got, you know, like half, one, one and a half, two, two and a half. And that's how we did it. And so in order to get a three, it requires way more knowledge than it took for you to get to a two. And so I feel like Right. And think about it. Like if you've ever tried to learn a language, you've used one of the apps, right? Like Duolingo, uh, Rosetta Stone to get conversational proficiency. It was a lot easier for you. Right. Than to start, I don't know, translating things about like rocket ships and, you know, different scientific concepts or, you know, things like that. 
right? Or like political intrigue or, you know, go on to CNN opinion, CNN opinion or like the Washington Times look at, at an op-ed. That would probably be a level two plus or three in terms of language, maybe even higher. It could even be like a three plus or a four or a five is, is the highest that it goes. Anyway, that was an interesting tangent where I got to share some of my past experience with y'all. But that is where I came across the inverted pyramid of proficiency. And I think that courses largely fit in at the lower levels. And I'm talking asynchronous, no Facebook support, no weekly workshops, no, none of that, none of that, none of that stuff. Like you buy this course, you are doing it by yourself. I think that they fit in at the lower levels of the inverted pyramid of proficiency. And I hope that that makes sense. So yeah, so it's just, and then like I said, I'm thinking like pure course, all synchronous at your own pace, no Facebook support group, none of those other assets that that you got to maintain. And if you are making a course like that, I think it's totally fair. You're like, I, I feel like $200 is a pretty good cost for that, depending on like your reputation. So if you don't quite have a reputation in your space yet, then maybe you charge less for your course, you know, or maybe you build out the basics of the course, you sell it for less, but then you start to build out some of the other aspects and make it a bit more of a robust thing. Right. And that kind of helps you iterate and launch, but continue like relaunching with new pieces. You'll be able to continue delighting the people who bought the course previously because you're adding things to it. And that was always your plan. But you can actually start charging a little bit more. Right. And you gather your reviews and all of that. So I feel like this was an interesting exercise, just a mental exercise for me. I am rethinking online courses. I thought I was never going to have one. Again, I'm admitting it. I was wrong. But I'm thinking that this, you know, online courses could be a great way for me to increase the accessibility of my expertise and my services, right? Or at least the knowledge of these different services to people in my audience who aren't quite ready to make the leap into one of my live intimate programs. And so that's why I wanted to talk about this today, because I think it's completely relevant for everybody in my audience. Just keep in mind, right? How many, how many add-ons, how many bonuses and all those other things you want to do, but also how much are you, how much are you? wanting to charge for it and just keep in mind that you want your marketing to be very on point so it's super clear who it is that you're targeting so they can have the best experience possible. All right. Thank you so much for joining in, listening to me running my mouth about how wrong I was. And, you know, I think this is, that's good too. You should go out and find something that you were wrong about and talk about it to somebody. It's liberating. It feels so good. It's nice to be able to make mistakes, isn't it? All right. I will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.